0: Today's DOS is Membet, and guess what we were up to? Membet. We pick up on Membet <laughs> Ahmed Aleph um, uh, five lines from the top, Tanya Idah. So now we are in the middle of actually uh, different things that we learn from the Pasok, Balha Shornaqi, telling you about the case of the goring ox that you that you stone it, but you don't um, so you don't pay kofar, but if it does it three times, then Gambe Allah, which we say is Misa and you pay kofar, which atones for the Misa Bidehima. Um, but anyway, the first three times Naki, you don't have any liability personally, or you don't deserve punishment. But Chazal read that to be telling you something else other than that. So the first thing we talked about was that it teaches you that you um, that you don't uh, that you can't derive any benefit, or you can't even derive any benefit from the leather. Okay, and um, Rabbi Eliezer learned it out for, uh, to tell you that um, you don't have to pay half fare To which Rabbi Akiva said, How, should you, how can you pay? Half if you're stoning the ox then the idea of half is an idea of a tam and that's paying me gufo. okay but that was the last thing we learned out from it was the idea that you're exempt from half kofar if it's tam so the rest of today's talk is going to be about things we learn out from Bal Hashor NaKi let's take a look Tanya Ida we taught in another bright Bal Hashor NaKi Reb Omer NaKi Vladot that if it gores a pregnant woman so we know later in Mishpachim if you hit a pregnant woman a man hits a pregnant woman and miscarries you pay uh, the uh, investment of that the damages of that to the husband so let's say a, an ox scores a w- pregnant woman. So maybe you should also pay. Now, the reality is, the interesting thing is, you do pay. I mean, if an ox scores a woman, right, you pay the damages. But there you pay the damages, like, in a way, this is like the abortion debate, right? Whose body is it? Like, so there you would pay the damages to the woman's body. So you would sort of, like, assess, like, what, like, uh, how much has the woman's body been injured as a result of this? And um, it might actually be, now, you say, well, the, well, you know, on the slave market, the body is worth less because you know if you were to sell a pregnant woman you'd also get paid for the future slaves right so how much do you assess the damage to the body as the loss of the fetus um, and it seems like you don't it seems like to determine nezek to the woman's body you just sort of ask yourself well like is she injured or not like you know if basically it was a miscarriage but otherwise she's okay and she's not injured and it's you know and so her body would still sell for the same thing it would had she, before she had been pregnant on the slave market so then there would no not be any payment of damages to the woman's body the only payment would be would be for the loss of the fetus okay and that is what you pay in the Torah says when the miscarriages you assess not only the damage to the woman's body but the loss of the fetus and for some reason by the goring ox you're not going to pay that and we learned about that about because this has nothing to do with, I mean, with that case. I mean, it sort of does a little because it's about a loss of life, it's the life of the fetus, but it's really just learning out another thing. There are all these payments, but there's some other case that you don't have to pay for an ox. One of the cases you don't have to pay for an ox In the case of, uh, you know, the the loss of the fetus. Of course, I still don't really fully understand that because I don't understand why the value of the woman is not affected by the fact that she's pregnant or not pregnant. But that's the halakha. So that's actually quite a strange exemption. At least I think yes. (laughs) No. Um you mean no, I'm no, we're talking about like the actual value loss in no. the slave market. So a that, pregnant yeah. woman would go for more a pregnant slave would go for more than a non pregnant slave in the slave market. Mm-hmm. But for some reason we don't figure that as the loss of value in the woman's body. Mm-hmm. Um and we just assess we assess the feed oh, we assess the value of a fetus independently and that's only paid by a case when a human causes a miscarriage and not when an ox causes a miscarriage. Oh uh, uh yeah, or? I mean in the case of human damage then there is then there's there's the pain and the suffering and all of that in a case where a human does it not in a case where an ox does it yes ok so the gemara says like this so if an ox does it doesn't pay for the cost of the fetus um, when people fight and then it speaks about smiting a pregnant woman people are not oxen so we can learn from that parasha that it's only a special payment for a case of when people fight so shop your coming Akiva Rebbe Akiva has all these, all these all these critiques about different rishot of balas or naki. So the mar saying that is a good critique. What, what would Reb Yosef say back? No, you still need it, even though you have anashim velo shivarim. I, mean, I would have thought by that case about the direct case about the miscarriage. That, yeah, exactly. People pay, but not oxen when they're acting like people. Who are oxen acting like people? The same way a person is always considered a muad, habitual, full damages. So when an ox is a muad ox, then it won't pay for the Loss of the fetus, okay? Because then it's comparable to the Anashim case, Hatam. But if the ox was a Tom, which is what we're talking about, right? We're talking about a case that says, "Oh, Balashur Naki is by a Tom." If we're talking about a Tom, then Mechay. Uh, uh, of course, yeah. that's going to be the question coming up. Then I might think you would pay because that's not excluded by the word Anashim below Shvarim. Rahmana Balashur Naki It says Balshur Naki by a tam, to say to Potter that you're exempt even in the case of a Tom by the by the miscarriage. So the Gemara says, "I'm a Rava." So of course the question is obvious. Yetziva Ba'ara v'giyar v'shmei shmaya What? The citizen is on the land and the so and the like, the like, stranger is up in the heavens? Meaning it's like the it's crazy. This is upside down. So how could it be that a mu'at is totally butter and you would have thought that a tom would be chayev? In the end, they're both butter but how could you even have thought that? So ella Amarava rather rather said Itzrech. Now here's why you need even though you have Anashim B'lo Shvarim a separate pasuk of balash or naki. Aki. to Kamina I would have thought Anashim B'lo Shvarim same, I would have excluded people similar to uh, oxen similar to people. But what would that have meant? Same, like you said, it would have excluded a muadakh. And once it says a Muadax doesn't pay for miscarriage, I would have said a tom also doesn't pay with me for miscarriage. Fine. So I have it all from kiyinatu anashim. Why do I need balashur naki? Because let's keep on going. Okay? Diptiri. Hadakaz balash or naki. But then it says balashur naki in a case of Tom to clarify, not to tell you you're you exempt. You already know you're exempt from a Nashim shvarim. But Balashonaki is clarifying really the only case that's exempt is the Shor Tom. Okay? To Balashranaki Tom Pater, Amur Chayev. So actually here we're saying a different halacha. We're saying Balashranaki is telling the only case your puter for the Vlados is a case of a Tom. But Amur is actually Chayev for Danay's Vlados, which I'm happy with that. We're not going to end that way, but I'm happy with that conclusion because to me it makes sense you should be paying the maize logos like it's very bizarre that that's not just considered a straight (coughs) Nezak yes is is
1: this a kind of Klaalufrat, or is no. it uh, just a Svara? In other words, it's a Word. kind of general principle and then a clarification,
0: as you know, exception Oh, and yeah, I mean, to some degree. Logic, it's, it's similar to Klaalufrat, but obviously it's very different, because here it's all based on Drashot, as opposed to plot which is very much explicit in the Psycheen, and they're very concrete cases and so on. But you're right, it's using one plus to clarify another. So that is true, it's similar in that way. Okay? So, uh, so therefore, actually what this is telling you is not that your putting. Actually, by it, Tom, that you're right. I knew it's actually telling you you're chayev by a muad. Okay, Amalei Abayi. So Abayi said, "Elamiatif." That's what you're going to do to make the drasha. Gabi Boshet nami. Let's say the same by bochet. Let's get an ox that's a muad to pay Boshet. How are we going to do that? Name uh, a Say the same thing. A nation It says by bochet, right? About people fighting and the woman grabbing the privates of, one, of the other man. Right? Says kiinatun hashim. Right? Kiinatun hashim. No, not Yeshua Anashim. I think it's kiinat. To the um, the kava anyway okay anyway it's also Ki Natsu anashim and there it says the so we'll say anashim that's the parasha where we learn Boshas from and we'll say and we know that act doesn't pay bochot because it says anashim but let's come to a similar conclusion that maybe a muad will pay boshes. how we come to that conclusion the following way muadim the so I would learn from there that oxen are exempt. Tam, Mu'an, it's certainly a Tam. Ha'dakaz Rechman a And then it says Ba'la naki. So Ma'la should tell me Tam Potter. There are cases where, you know, we, we, we're we only, where it's only the Tam that's Potter. In this case, like Ba'la naki, which is a Tam. Only the Tam is Potter. and Chayev. bi Chayev. So Ba'la there's no indication there that we're talking about a miscarriage. Of course, you could say that the whole you know, context here is a loss of life. but basically if that's what you're doing Balashar and Akiyas tell you no, no, no you thought every ox was putter. it's only the tom that's putter. the muad is still going to be chayev so if you're going to say to apply that to the case of Anashim shvarim by, uh, by Dnev Vlados you should say it by Anashim shvarim by Bosheth so Do have a move, well what just makes you, it, you pick it, one more than the other, the other. because Boshe was a different Parsha so this isn't I don't understand there are two separate cases that talk about people fighting one is a miscarriage and one is one is a Bosheth case right neither of which are being talked about in this Pasuk so if we're using Bala Shurnaki to reference a Pasuk talking about people fighting in a miscarriage it should also be able to reference people fighting in a Bosheth case the only thing I would say is what I said before that at least in the miscarriage it's the context of a loss of life okay but if you're using Bala to reference some distant case of miscarriage and to tell you that a is Chayev have it reference a distant in case of bullshit and have it tell you that muad is chayiv. Okay, so the gemara says, "How do you go You know what? Maybe not. But let, I mean, let's say why not? Let's say that uh, ashur uh, muad would pay for Bosheth. If that's what we're trying to say, listen, Baal with Yosef me Omer, Umi Haram Yosef Yaglili say Bosheth as well. Okay? So this is not really a critique of this general idea. You actually said, you know, in terms of working with the Psukim and Baal Naki, it worked okay, and we were able to actually come to what I consider to be a very reasonable conclusion, which is that a Ashur uh, should pay for Dmei Vlados but the only point is yeah but then why are you picking Dmei Vlados more than anything else you could have easily also included a Boshes discussion in that okay so abai doesn't like it so let's keep on going so the Marseille says like this um, here's what we're going to do again the problem is not to say that an ox is exempt from Deme Vlados but the problem is to say that don't you already have a pasuk that says Anashim below Shvarim to tell you the same halacha so now we're going to find some else to do with that Russia of anashim below shvarim. So, Abayi v'Ravadam yitravayu Anoshim e'in ason isha ye'anshu. Right, the Pesach there says right, what does it say? isha harav There's no tragedy Now, what is the point of saying that there's no, The ason ye'yeh v'naf satanefetachas nafesh. If there's a tragedy, a loss of life, somebody actually got killed uh, not just the fetus, but a you know uh, but a born person got killed then obviously you put the person to death which is obviously a challenging puzzle because it sounds like it would have been an accident it sounds like they're executing somebody for accidental you know uh, homicide or whatever the other, by the way once we're talking about that puzzle it's, it's, very, it's worth knowing that the church the Catholic church because of the translation of the Septuagint came up with a uh, their position about abortion because they read the, the Septuagint reads the word asone not meaning tragedy but formed okay the so loyee the fetus is not yet formed. Right. But in I have no idea how the Septuagint got that. But if the fetus is formed, then it's an act of murder, and that and and the Catholic Church, you know, they knew their Bible through the Septuagint, through the Greek. So, anyways, that actually led to their position on, on translation. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't a, I don't know. I
1: don't know. It also could have been a Jewish short that's only
0: extant. Yeah, I don't know I don't know what the basis of that translation is, but it is based on that translation. Certainly not certainly it seems to us like a mistranslation. Anyway, so here's how they're reading the Anashim Beloshivarim, not to tell you Patemidme Vlados. Patomivme Vlados we get from Baal Hashur Naki. So what do you do with the Anashim Shavarim Josha? Here's what they do for, with it. Um uh, where am I? Um, yeah, 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 yeah okay by men by you know if people are fighting, then as long as there 's no loss of life, you pay for the damages if the woman died, so it 's not like the psukim say because it 's it's manslaughter it's accidental so what's the reality though if the woman dies it turns it into a case of kimle vedarabh it turns it into a case of oh there was a death now even if you're not high of misa because it wasn't intentional it's kimle and you're not going to pay for any financial payments Hayesha son of isha lo okay so it tells you a principle of kimle you only pay if there's no death if there's a death no payment that's what the Pesach is telling you and then it tells you velosh shvarim you wouldn't say that by an ox okay because the even if, if the ox caused a loss of life okay you still pay for damages because you don't say a principle of Kimle by an ox so if the ox basically caused a loss of life you would still pay now the funny thing yeah, is you does. wouldn't Did pay you for go, right
1: wouldn't you say like, there is a Kimle well
0: there is not a, a Kimle you would pay the thing is in this Pesach what you learn from the simple Pesach of this case of a intent Intentional goring or whatever is that you don't pay for the loss of life. That's not kimley It's a point I've said before. Tosefos makes this point multiple times. There's praise the point is that you don't pay for you know you, you, you know you assess value in terms of injury, but not for loss of life. Loss of life is either you execute the person or you send them into gullus. Or if their ox did it, then if it's the third time, you pay cofair. But there is no compensation that is assigned for loss of life. That's not a kimley principle. Okay, unlike the uh, OJ case, all right. Um, But actually, by the way, from what I understand, the personal injury lawyers say that if you're going to seriously injure somebody, you're better off killing them because (laughs) from a financial perspective, because the pain and suffering and all of that you pay if you've injured them. But if you actually just kill them, then you don't pay for pain and suffering. You only pay for like you know the earning potential and so on. It's a you actually wind up you wind up paying less anyway. But in the halacha, you don't uh, what you're going to be paying. Well, that's true. That's true. Anyway, I guess if it's negligent loss or something. Anyway, so in the halacha, you do not pay, you you don't pay for, there's not a civil payment for loss of life, okay? But that's not the Kimle principle. And what we learn out here is, by the case of Anushim, if there was, let's say, a cost of paying for the fetus, but a woman died, you're not going to pay for the fetus, but by an ox, if they gore somebody, so yes, we already know that if it's not a muad, you're not going to pay for the loss of life, but you also want to pay for, you will pay for other damages. You don't say kimle by the ox. So you'll never pay for loss of life, but you will pay for other am- damages, and that's what this Parsha teaches us. Yes, Rabbi Doe. Maybe you said
1: this or I didn't understand. You don't pay for the fetus conceptually, you don't pay the fetus because it's like an organ, in this case, like an organ of the woman's body.
0: Right. And that's why you need a separate Parsha. I didn't say that explicitly. I said, right, because right. what I was actually saying was, even if you consider it part of the woman's body, I don't understand why, in paying damages for the woman's body, you're not imp- you're not paying for the law financially for the fetus, because a woman's body, a woman goes for more on the slave market pregnant as not pregnant. Sorry, so, we, anyway. but
1: you don't pay.
0: M- yes, m- m- but he was asking about what the law, w- why yes, if so you anyway it. already pay Nezek, why do you need a separate parsha for paying for Deme Vlados? So, the very fact that you need a separate parsha for paying Deme Vlados is the straight Nesic payment on the woman's body does not pay for her being worth more on the slave market as a pregnant woman which is a strange idea like I don't know why you need a separate partial for Dime Vlados and why an ox is exempt for Dime Vlados it should all just be nezek for the woman I don't know I also okay?
1: thought that maybe this accidental death of a woman is treated as if it were, um, a were murder as opposed to negligence because in a pregnant condition one should know that she's more vulnerable
0: there might be might, but it's still negligent it's not murder. I mean, you're right, might be more negligent. Um, but anyway, okay, so, th- but that's what we're learning now. Okay, let's read it again. Um, uh, okay, yesha uh, son beisha lo yeyanshu. Okay. Anashim enason beisha y'anshu. Yesha son beisha. If there's ever a loss of life, lo yeyanshu. You don't pay for any other types of damages. So lo shvori, it wouldn't be true by accent. Davagav the son, even if there is a loss of life, you're still going to pay, maybe not for the cost of the life, but you will pay for other damages and then it tells you to tell you that you are putter from meaning, so what I would have thought would have been what? I would have thought the ox gores, okay and because of the comparison to Anashim it's telling me there's still going to be a payment for damages, even if there's a loss of life, oh, so that means so you won't pay for the loss of life, but let him pay at least for the fetus, which I, in this case isn't considered a loss of life, it's just considered damages, okay, because that's not yet considered a life. So based on that, I would have been prepared to have the ox pay for the fetus, not for the woman's life, but for the fetus. And then it tells me, you know what, ox don't pay for fetuses either, okay? So the pasuk of Anushim Velo Shvarim tells me you don't say Kim laid by an ox. And the pasuk of Baal says, you don't pay for the fetus. Even though the fetus is not considered the payment for a life, it should just be a normal damages. Nevertheless, you don't pay for the so fetus. What, so what are you paying okay. for? Okay. Nothing in this right. case. So uh, okay. I guess what I'm not understanding is yeah. the ox is stoned
1: well, I, why isn't that the same thing as
0: kinlay own, oh, therefore it's not paying I mean, that, okay. so that's right so even though we say khmisas haba and are sure and we have these ideas that the ox is sort of being you know tried for murder right nevertheless you, you, it's a good point right that's the is but we still wouldn't say kinley by an ox okay so that's exactly what it's telling you so if an ox gores and destroys somebody's clothes in the process of killing them okay they're not going to pay kofar because it's the first time they're not going to pay for a cost of life we don't have compensation for loss of life if ox will get stoned but even though the ox will get stoned the owner will still pay for the for the destroyed uh, clothing because the ox at the end of the day isn't paying it's the owner paying so you're not going to say kinley by case of an ox that's what this is teaching you ok so now the grammar says like this um uh, so Gmar says, a Fla Ravada Barava challenges. What? You think the exemption here from payment is just by, by people, is just by the fact that there was a loss of life? That's a Kimley case? Because it's about intention. Now, what does he mean? so Rashi says there's a long post which gives another explanation Rashi says that Rev. Adabar Ava holds some very uh, unusual positions number one is he rejects the idea of Kimle unless you're act, the person is actually doing an act of murder if it wasn't an, an unintended act of manslaughter he doesn't hold of Tamad Veychizkio it's not Kimlei. Kimlei is only an intentional act of murder number one number two what he holds for that person number two what he holds is is that actually you do pay for Financial compensation for loss of life so if Actually, if somebody due to manslaughter, unintentional manslaughter, took a life, there would be no Kim Lay, and there would be a payment, financial payment for the loss of life. That's what Avada Barava says. So according to him, he's saying you can't read the postbook to say, oh, by people, once there's a loss of life, you're not paying. That's not true. By people, even if there's a loss of life, you'll pay. You're not going to say Kim Lay, and you'll pay for the loss of life. Okay? So here's how he's going to read the post barava. Here's how to read the pasuk. By people, if they're trying to kill one another, and you killed Ruvain then and 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 you know, and, and the woman accidentally got injured, or there was a miscarriage, or even she died, you'll still pay because there's no. There's no kimley on the woman. The murder was only, you know, what Reuven did to Shimon. The, the injury or the, or the loss of life of the woman was a separate thing. It's so a very, he, as he's killing Shimon? As he's, he's Shimin. killing Shimon, he's accidentally, he knocked Shimon and whatever, and accidentally that's, he, he fell on the woman and the woman died as a result. Nevertheless, it's only kimley on what he did to Shimon. It's not kimley on what happened to the woman, and therefore that was, was like a separate act or something, and therefore he'll pay the injury or he'll pay for loss of life to the woman. It's a very it's radical position or a very limiting position on, on Kim Lay. Only Shimon was actually killed. The well, Shimon certainly he paid pay for, for, so for, no for, for the woman if Shimon there's wasn't Kimle killed.
1: Collateral damage.
0: There's no Kim on, on any time. Right the on. only Kim is if I'm doing an act of murder to that person, yeah, to that then person. I kimlay on any on anything that I owe that person, on any type of obligation to that person. Okay? Okay. Um kiniskavnu the one case that you'll say kimlay, is they actually tried to kill the woman. In that case, lohi Ansu, they won't pay for her loss of life or for the fetus. That will be a case of Kimlay. That's true by tipo The but by Oxen, niskav, even if the ox intentionally kills a woman, which is a classic case of Ashur this Nifgal, the Yanshu, you won't pay for the loss. Uh, well, actually, according to him, you will pay for the loss of life because he actually has an idea, right, that you do pay a financial payment for the loss of life. So you don't have Kimlay by oxen, and you will pay for the loss of life. That's a big chiddush, right? So fine, there's no fare, but there's still going to be a financial payment. Okay, so one minute, well, let me just check. Right Rashi, hold on. Let me just check Rashi. One
1: minute.
0: Um... Okay, so anyway, um, so it goes on and says like this, so So then it tells you to tell you actually that's not true, that at least by like the Vlados, you're not going to pay. Okay, that there's still no li- liability by the Vlados. I reread Rashi, I'm 100% clear at this point that, that Rashi would say that there would be the financial payment by the woman, but anyway, but that's basically what he's saying. He has a much more limited idea of Kimle. You would only say Kimle when there was a direct act of murder. In that case, it was a direct act of murder by the it's true there's no kimle, that's what you learn by, everybody agrees that what you learn by the Pusak at this stage, below shivarim, is there's no kimle by an ox, okay, whatever your scope of kimle is, whether it's whether it's like unintended, etc., whether it's only intentional, you would not say it by an ox, but you might still have said deme vlados by an ox, and that's what Akhi comes to tell you, is that you don't say deme vlados by an ox, so that's how we get them working together, number one is there's no deme vlados, that's Akhi. number two, anachimbalo shivarim, there's no kimle by an ox, all right. Okay. For Chenki, for also When Rav came from the south, also he came. icy He brought the following braise in his hands. Um like Rav Okay. Fine. So that's one thing that we learn out that your are from the Demei which as we said is strange. Why there's it's considered separate than the nezek done to the woman, but your are from the Demei That's the drasha, and what we learn out from a Nashim below Shvarim is. Uh, something else that you don't say Kimle by an ox alright so now what have we learned out from Baal Ashur, and Aki? we might as well list the things we're learning out from Baal Ashur, and Naki one is Asr the Hana'ah and the uh, Oro is the Asr like basically you don't get any benefit from Ashur Hanisko. okay the other is um, no Chatsi Kofir by Ashur Hanisko. the third one is no dmei vladot, okay, ever by an ox, okay, that's number three, let's see what number four is. Okay, Tanya Ito. Don't know the price, abolish Finally, Rabbi Akiva, who's been so critical of everybody else's drush. so let's see what Rabbi Akiva says. Rabbi Akiva, Omer, naki mi eved, okay, so this is another no dmei eved, these cases are basically, even though it's not exactly the case of the shorhaniskal, okay, these were directly shorhaniskal cases, right? They killed a person, you're not going to pay kofer, half co-fare That's a case of killing a, like, Israel. That's a classic shorhaniskal, okay? These are not cases of a classic shorhaniskal, but they're close. There's a loss of life. So this is killing a fetus. Okay? So you understand that we're not just randomly picking cases. We're still putting them in the context of loss of life. And this is killing a slave. Okay? So. What would I have thought? I might have said that if you kill a slave, maybe um, you will pay uh, maybe you'll pay the shloshim shalevit. Right? Because what do we know? What happens if a shor actually what does what do we say? If an ox is a muad and it kills a slave, you don't pay kofer, right? What does the Pasuk say? Right? It says Shloshim l'adonav. So if it kills a slave by a mu'ad it's thirty. It's not kofar. It's thirty kesef. So maybe we know that there's no chazi kofar by a tam, but maybe a tam will still pay the thirty of an eved. Okay, so you have to tell me it doesn't pay the thirty of an eved. All right, everybody got it. That's a reasonable question. Okay, here it tells me a muad pays the thirty of an eved. Do I know not a tam? That's what Bala Naki is telling me. So the verse says, Rabbi Akiva So before we get to understanding this idea of maybe you would have paid the shloshim Shaleved, why doesn't Rabbi Akiva say his own critique to himself? Um, so what Rabbi Akiva said to Rabbi Eliezer yesterday, he says, you don't need to tell me that a tom doesn't pay when it kills somebody. It's not because of course it can't pay. The, the model of a tom is paying from the body of the animal. So the animal is worth nothing. You're going to stone it. That was Rebbe Akiva's critique. Do you remember that? So, why does Rebbe Akiva need to say you don't pay Demeyevet if it's a case of Tom? Of course you can't pay Demeyevet. To the Tom isn't worth anything. Okay? So let him say it to himself. So the Gemara said, barav yitzchak, Ah, there could be a case where you could have paid from the body of the ox. The owner it shechted it before it was, there was the Gemara din that it was a Shuranisko. So remember, it only becomes forbidden once the basin passed, the, passed judgment that it's a Shuranisko. If they shechted it beforehand, it never Becomes a Sharnifko. So in that case, maybe you pay it from the meat. And that's why it has to say, don't pay it. So, I might say you have to pay Shloshim from Eshel Eved uh, from the meat now of the animal so you prevented it from being a Sharnifko. Kavash Malan, that you don't. Holobarksolahu, since it was deserving of death. Avagam de even though you shechted it, lo you're not going to pay. We okay. Had the earlier, it was the same we had in the earlier. Speech. No, before we had the leimud of da'achatzikover. Here we're saying no Dine no, avet.
1: No, no, but we had this issue of checking it before beforehand.
0: The, yeah, there we had shechting it after the Gamardin, that it was still us, sir. Here, that was the Kiddush earlier. After Gamardin, even if you shekht it, it's uh, Here Here is the interview: if you shekht it before Gemardin, uh, it's mutter. It never gets to Gemardin. So therefore, since now there's meat that's going to remain mutter and there's value here, maybe you'll pay the meyever to mash malan that you don't. Okay, now we're saying one minute. So now the Gemardin is going to say fine. But, yes?
1: If somebody has his animal knowing that he's
0: supposed to bring it
1: to the yeah, does he get punished for doing
0: that? No. I mean... Yeah, exactly. Uh, he managed to beat the system. Okay. I mean, you know, it's an interesting question. Like, I don't know, is there some Din and sort of subverting the whole case, but there's no earthly punishment for that. Okay. So, it says like this. Um... Uh, okay but yeah that's important to clarify Shechting it after Gemar Din is what we said earlier that it's still going to be usher. here you shechted it before Gemar Din and that's why you needed a pasuk to tell me you don't pay if it Gordon an Eved so Gemar says um, okay why did Rabbi Eliezer if Rabbi Akiva already knew that there was a scenario of shechting it before Gamardin and therefore we could discuss whether it pays to eved, why didn't Rabbi Eliezer give that scenario when he had to discuss not paying chatzikos there. there's a scenario where it's worth something you shechted it ahead it's all like Hachanami you're right Rabbi Akiva knew that there was this answer of shechting it so why was he bothering Rabbi Eliezer where is there value in this ox what do you mean, Rebbe Akiva? You know you could get value out of the ox if you shecht it ahead of time. So why are you asking Rebbe Eliezer? He you know, Rebbe Akiva said to himself, I got one scenario where you could be paying from this ox. You shechted it ahead of time. But you know what? I'm not so happy with that answer. So therefore, when Rebbe Eliezer is talking about telling me you do or you don't pay, I'm going to challenge him. Maybe he'll have a better answer than I do. Okay? So actually, he knew Rebbe Eliezer could answer you shechted it. But he was still challenging Rebbe Eliezer because he was hoping Rabbi Eliezer would come up with a better answer than he himself had. Okay? Okay, so name ele, you know, and, and he'll say it to him. Rabbi nami lishin to So then, okay, so we understand Rabbi Akiva who knew the answer that you shecht, you could turn it into value by jumping the gun and shechting it. He still challenged Rabbi Eliezer to see if Rabbi Eliezer would come up with a better answer. But why didn't Rabbi Eliezer just give this answer? Which we were basically saying is, was Rabbi Eliezer's answer better than this. So Amalachah Yes, the, Rabbi Eliezer's answer was better than, than jumping the gun and checking it. Hasamu adam. Rabbi Eliezer's answer, remember, what was Rabbi Eliezer's answer where the ox will still have value? That it actually gored a person, and it wasn't trying to gore the person, it was trying to gore an animal, so it wasn't a shorhaniska. Do you remember that case? Yeah, people, yes, vaguely. Rabbi Eliezer said, what would be the case that it would pay kofar, that it might pay khatzi kofar, and it's not a shorhaniska, it still has value. I tried to kill an animal and killed a person. So we're not going to stone it because it was unintentional, but it would still pay cofair, and therefore maybe it will pay prapti cofair. That was Rabbi Eliezer's case. Okay? So that was his answer to how we could be discussing that this animal still has value. Not that you jumped the gun and shefted it, but that the animal never became a shorhanisko because it, it was an unintentional killer, not an intentional killer. Okay? So the Gemara says like this. Haslam uh, is a abeimavargas adam dashur there, the ox was never deserving of being stoned. It was never a shor-niskal. So that's the best case, I should think. If it was never in the parsha of Shorhaniskel, maybe then you could get paid chazi Kofar out of the body of the ox there I would think, okay, let's get you some payment out of the body of the ox. The ox is completely excluded from the Shoran category. It's Shoran ute, And you needed a Pesach to exclude it. But here, where really the ox is deserving of being stoned, he just managed to subvert the law by shechting it ahead of time. A case where the standard scenario would be the ox would be stoned, in that case, it's obvious that you, the toe would not be making you pay okay that the Torah would never have assumed that you would be paying in that case of case even though you shechted it so what are we saying we're saying that both Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Eliezer are learning from the Kesukim to exclude a certain payment from the body of the ox. It's a tam. One is you don't pay kofer and the other is you don't pay me eset. Where do you get payment from the body of the ox if it's a tam? So Rabbi Eliezer said that it was not a shorhan ifgal, it, it, it killed by accident. And Rabbi and Rabbi Akiva would say you jumped the gun and you shafted it ahead of time. And what the Gemara is saying is that Rabbi Eliezer's answer is actually a better answer than Rabbi Akiva because Rabbi Eliezer gives a scenario where fundamentally mentally was never deserving of skela and therefore there would be more of a basis to say you actually can be paid from the body of the ox okay but either way they're saying you don't have certain payments by a short time and they're giving scenarios where you might still the body of the ox would still have value okay so now the remark says like this. Akiva so the Gemara I'm sorry one minute so according to Rebbe Akiva that's clearly true also that a better scenario is never having been a shrine is in this to begin with so basically still why did Rebbe Akiva challenge Rebbe Oliezer there was you know Rebbe Oliezer's answer was the better answer than Rebbe Akiva so the Gemara says says hi 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 of me rabba no 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 wait wait I got a good explanation why Rabbi Akiva was not bothered with this issue, why he challenged Rebiel Eliezer, and he himself wasn't bothered with the issue that there's no value to the ox. I heard this from a great man and that's Reb Yosub I'm here's a really good answer except the Gemara is gonna challenge it, but it's so good before it gets challenged. Tom shachava ba'adam Right? Remember who remembers this? According to Rabbi Akiva, if a Tom injures a person, you pay full damages, not half damages. Anybody vaguely remember that? No, it was pop quiz. Okay, so it's perfect. Rabbi Akiva thinks that if a patam injures a person, you pay full damages. So therefore you would think, Rabbi Akiva is able to think you would pay Shell Eved. Because he says, I don't think a Tom, when it's injuring or killing a person, is paying from the body. I think it's paying full and presumably it's paying like a muad. It's not paying from the body. So I could think that it should pay Meved. And therefore you need a person to exclude it. But you Rabbi Eliezer, that you think a Tom is standard, and pays half because you said hot if you think it pays half you're thinking it's paying from the body of the animal well if it's the it's a sure niskal, there's no value to the body so if you think it's paying half you think it's paying from the body and maybe, maybe i don't understand why you need a puzzle the ox isn't worth anything but i think you should be paying full delay may because i think when an ox scores a person it pays full and it's not paying from the body of the animal so if, it doesn't bother me that it's a shortness skull i think you should be paying full a minute it's such a good it's such a good Great answer. But the Gamer but the Gumara now throws it out. The Kamara says one minute. Amalai Rab Amalai Rabasti, Vatar Rabi Akiva Legzizay. But Rabbi Akiva already like blunted his uh you know his uh his uh his punch. Where did he where did he do that? Me Titan Rabbi Akiva Omar, Yahoo Yushalmin Aliyah. Uh Rabbi says although I say when a Tom injures a person it pays full it's not totally like a muad. Maybe it should pay from cash and not from the body of the animal. This is what you do to it. That even when it pays full, it's only paying out of the body of the animal, not from cash. I don't know if you remember that. So although Rebbe Akiva says you pay full, and that's why he thinks you would pay full to Me'evet, he doesn't think there's an idea of half when it incurs people, you still haven't answered the problem that Rebbe akiva should say to himself but if you're only paying out of the body of the animal the animal isn't worth anything what yes happens
1: to the position um that uh that that a tom pays nothing and the is a knas that would not be migufo.
0: yes it would whether it's knas or mama it's migufo. That's never debated.
1: Knas, that's uh,
0: how that's the, the Pesach. If this is the nature of this knas, that you're paying me gufo, that you're either half-owners or you have a lien, it's limited to gufo, nobody debates any of those halachas. The question is just whether it's conceptualized as mamon or as knas. If anything, that works better with knas because it's more arbitrary and weird. If it's a standard mamon payment, why should it have those rules? Um, okay, so now the gemara says, okay, so it was a great point to remind us that the Akiva says when it injures is a person, it's full, which is why Rabbi Akiva says, but Rabbi Akiva thinks he would pay the full Dme'eved. But we're still bothered with the fact that, you know, Rabbi Akiva should have just, and, you know, he, why was he draining Rabbi Akiva a cup about the fact that the animal wasn't worth anything? It's the same issue for him. Okay, so the mer says like this. Um, okay. Um, where are we? No, here's why Rabbi Akiva thought in his Havamina, that you would pay a full 30 Evid and you would not pay from the body. Why, Rabbi Akiva was still bothered. He didn't like any Havamina of paying from the body of the animal because the animal wasn't worth anything. But in his Havamina of paying 30 eved, he thought you wouldn't pay from the body of the animal. Why is that? Here's the reason. I would have thought to say, mireni mireini be'ved yosemi ben'chorim. Since in general, the Torah is stricter by the death of a slave than by the death of a free person if was killed by an ox. How is that true? Sheben Chorin Yopha Sela Nosin Sela Shloshim Nosin sloshim By a person who is gored by an ox you pay based on the value of the person, whether it's one shekel or 30 shekel. If he's worth one, you pay one. 30, you pay 30. The eved you offer sell no solution. So, but by a slave, it's more strict. You always pay 30. Now, of course, the irony is, but also if it's worth a 100, you pay 30. What makes you say 30 is more strict? 30 is more arbitrary, sometimes more strict, sometimes more lenient. But whatever the answer is, we're saying, look, there's many cases in which the idea of 30, maybe it's assumed that 30 is a high payment, is a sort of, is strict. So the Torah is having this flat payment, this strict approach by an eved. So maybe included in that strict approach by an eved would be the idea that would pay a Tom would pay, and a Tom would pay mean halia, not migufo. Okay, so therefore I might think so. So it gives me a Hava mina. Once the Torah is being somewhat arbitrary here, okay, maybe it would be saying even a Tom should pay, and it should even mean mina. Now, by the way, using just the phrase "strict" is not so helpful. I think here's a better phrase: "is arbitrary." Okay, meaning if it's paying thirty, which is arbitrary, then that goes to the point that Do, Rabbi Dov was making a minute ago, which is if it's an arbitrary thirty shekel, so then maybe it doesn't. Once it's being arbitrary in one way it doesn't matter how much the slave is worth let it be arbitrary in other ways it doesn't matter if it's a tom or if it's a muad It'll, and you know it's not. we're never going to pay me gufo so it's going to be an arbitrary 30 payment regardless of circumstances so the same way regardless of circumstances is regardless of how much the edit is worth then regardless of whether the shore is a tom or a muad okay so that actually is a, is a reasonable hava mina so I actually would have thought once the tarot is being arbitrary even a tom should pay it and it should pay me in halia of
1: course if on the is shore I'm gonna argue against
0: it <laughs> Yeah, but you're not the Bal but you're you're just the lay person. We're the rabbis making the rules. So we think that that's a havamina. Okay. So Konsrachmana Balashurnaki. Okay. tiny K fine. So anyway, that explains the tiny kavase drava. We actually have a braiser like this. Balashornaki, Rebelias, omir Omer ki midme eva. You don't pay the evid. You could you you should say you should pay for the evid by a time You could learn it out from a kavahom, at least a logical derivation so you're uh, you're hired by a slave by kofar when it's a muad and you're hired by a free person uh, I mean it's a din that you should be exempt excuse me why does I have to tell me from the posth you're exempt I could logically make a oh, learn out you're exempt the same way by a free person you don't pay any payment when it's a tam so so when you're paying by a slave, you should also pay, you should also say you shouldn't pay. If you don't pay by a free person who gets gored by a tom. you shouldn't pay by a slave who gets gored as a tom. That makes sense, right? And it's even stronger than that. By ben that's weightier. Here it looks to the idea that you pay the the exact value as a weightier demand. The fact that a free person, you pay the exact value, even though it's that weighty, you're going to say that you make a distinction between Tom and one and you don't pay when the ox scores when the when a Tom gore is a free person so here's looking at explosion as a leniency by a slave where it's only 30 right it doesn't go up as it's not it can't be a very very high value it's limited to 30 because the Torah goes lighter by a slave not how much more so should we say than when a Tom gore it should not pay if a Tom gore is a free person doesn't pay how much more so if it goes a slave extreme So why do you need a pulsook? You can just learn it out. Now by the way, we should also point out that part of the problem here is that the Torah is not clear by the time it gets to write this is Tom Kiyah, right, In Dodaki the Gah, Vikophayushatolov. By the time it gets to are we talking about a Muad still? Or are we talking about everything we just said before? Right? Right? does that mean oh if it's a muad that kills a benobat you do the same thing maybe it's as if it's whether a tam or a muad if it kills a benobat you do everything we said before when it gets to Eved in Eved you got hashor. are we talking only about a muad we're talking about anytime time a short gores a slave, you pay 30. A very reasonable read of the pasuk is that whenever an ox gores a slave, you pay 30. Right? That's a very reasonable read. Okay? But the Gemara is saying, you know, I could have figured out not. Okay? So the Gemara says, uh, no, no, I could argue the opposite. Mach mi the Eved Yosemi ben Chorin. I could say I would be more strict. She ben Chorin nosin shloshim nosin Ben could be less than 30. Eved yofesel nosin shloshim. And Eved is always 30, which sometimes is more strict. And again, as I would say, at the point is also, it's more arbitrary. And since it's arbitrary, maybe I will always pay, whether, it's an, whether, the, whether the ox is a tam or a muad, since the whole idea of paying of an Eved is arbitrary. You don't pay the value of an Eved. So this you got to admit, this is obviously a great answer and this explains why Rebbe Akiva. It's great because of the Pasuk. All of this wasn't in the Pesukim. Rabbi Akiva is looking at the pasuk and he says, down here it tells me that you pay shloshim shel at And I don't know if it's talking about a muad or even a tam. It's not clear from the pasuk. And maybe, if it's just arbitrarily saying it, maybe it's bain tam bain muad and maybe it's min aliyah, it's not migufo, even if it's a tam. Very reasonable read of the pasuk, Right? It's not the standard halacha of a short tam bain chazi. The pasuk is telling you if an ox scores a slave, you pay 30. Maybe it doesn't matter tam or muad. And that's you need to say, Bala that no, you don't pay the And what is that Pusuk
1: telling you, Rabbi Akiva? That you
0: don't pay, that this Pusuk is only talking about a Mu'at. That Bala Shorna mm-hmm. you don't pay, and this is telling you that that's only talking about a Mu'at. But it was a great Havanina. The pasuk should be talking about a Tom, and, you'd, and you would pay straight, Nina Leah, not Nigufo. So when Rabbi Eliezer says, Kasi Rabbi Akiva says, how could he be talking about paying Nigufo? How could he be trying to use a tam model? The ox isn't worth anything. It's a Shorna But I'm saying, that this pasuk should include Tom. Okay? And the Shurnaki tells me that that pasuk doesn't include Tom. All right? That, we, that is the end of the drush of Baal let You don't understand this? I, 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 no, I do understand it. I mean, I don't know if I can explain it an hour from now, but <laughs> I, I understand it. Your
1: explanation is really clear. I, I have a crazy question. Yes. I'm sorry. I apologize. i got to ask this. Like it's such a sharp read. that thought he
0: like was so sharp. Right. Like, like who?
1: I, I. Who would argue with him? No. <laughs> who else? was reading text like that. Like one, <laughs> right. But did not really do like
0: I don't know where to answer that. Right. right. Yep.
1: Astounded. Right.
0: Right. Yep. I mean once you realize that they're really dealing I mean, that's a lot of the Midrashe Halacha. that you when you realize that they're dealing with inherent ambiguities in the text itself. Okay, let's get let's read a little bit more. Tanabanan. They ain't Isha Isha, we're moving on. Okay? We did. Uh see how so Isha made? So now we're going through we, we did a drush on balashur naki lo yachap Now we're going to do Okay. Of yeah. Right. Exactly. 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 Why does it have to tell me a man or a woman? Why would I think it would make a difference? You to tell me you're just as liable for a woman's life as a man's life right, right? so however you know up here that you're just as liable so here do you should also be just as liable okay it's clear from the con- the framing of the whole thing is we're treating the death of a woman and the death of the man the same to connect them in the following way the person that got killed is dead who collects the kofir? So if a man is dead, who are you going to pay the kofir to? His heirs, his kids. So it's telling you, if the woman was dead, who do you pay the kofir to? Her, her kids. Her kids. Now, with the why, why her kids? How about her husband? Her husband normally inherits her. So that's going to be now our question. So the gemara says, Does Rabbi Akiva think that the husband doesn't inherit from his wife? It says that you give it to the... To the love to the relative that's closest to He will inherit the Otakya means inherits the nachal the inheritance. But we're going to do a drasha. He shall inherit her. So there's actually a debate whether when a husband inherits from his wife is that de or the But Rabbi Akiva is learning it from a pasuk. He thinks it's biblical that a husband inherits from his wife. So how could he learn from isha Wisha that you give the kofar to her? Heirs, her kids. You should be giving it to her husband. So Amrishokish, Ro Amr Kofer, Her Shalim Ella Misa. Yeah. The, the only type time this would go to the kids and not the husband would be Kofer. Because the whole obligation of Kofer comes one. When? After she's dead. Let me ask you a question. After she's dead, is she this man's wife? No. <laughs> so he only a man only inherits from his wife money that was in her like under you know in her in her property in her control her money study. that she had when she died then all the money that she had when she died passed on to her husband but if she inherits something after her death if money comes to her after her death then that goes to her heirs because it makes sense her heirs are still more related to her after her death than her husband like the husband isn't a blood relationship the bond there was a bond and life after, even after she's died she still gave birth to her kids like they still just send from her, okay? So therefore, money that comes to the woman after her death, the, the the heirs there are the kids. Money that comes to her in her life when the bond with her husband exists, and then she dies. Then that passes on to the husband. way thinking about Right. So let's yeah, Let's just read this. It was money that was fit to come to her, but didn't come to her yet. and The husband doesn't inherit stuff that was fit to come to his wife. Uh, the same way he does that stuff that was already under her control. He only inherits property that was already under her control when she died. My time. What's the reason? Amar Kadosher says the it Ish Oishur. So first he talks about the person dying owning the ox, which means the person has already died, and then paying the Kofir. So you see that the cofer payment comes only after the person is dead, and therefore, because it's coming after the person is dead, we already know from another Gemara that the husband only inherits property that his wife had when she was alive. But this, that she came to her when she's dead, the living heir, the heir here defined after death, is the heir, is the kids who descend from her, not the husband, whose bond no longer exists now because, because she is now dead. Okay, so we'll pick up with this tomorrow. Rabbi, yes.
1: what would you say is uh, theology of the concept?